Well, thank you, Simon. It's lovely to be with you uh, here today, about 25 or 30 of us gathered in the building, as well as those joining in online, and it's a delight to be uh, here on you know, Mothering Sunday, the day when we uh, come back to the Mother Church, historically. Um, lovely to have you virtually or physically here. Well, book day was recently, wasn't it? And uh, I asked one of my children, which character in children's books do you relate to most? And uh, they pointed out that it was very hard to relate to any of them because they all have to have had some massive tragedy at the beginning of their life. Generally, if you want to be a hero in a children's novel, you need to have lost at least one parent, maybe both of them, and uh, some horrific thing happened to you as well, like becoming invisible on a sauna, which is the current book that we're, we're looking at, the uh, story of an invisible person. Uh, and th- th- this passage though, talks about how we can feel as Jesus' disciples as orphans, um, And actually, you don't have to journey long through your life, even if it looks outwardly as if your life looks quite nice before the sense of orphanness kicks in. And I suppose on this Mothering Sunday, it's one of those days that makes us feel as much about our loss as about what we're grateful for oftentimes. I did a little Google of Mother's Day before preparing this talk and realized that almost every group in society can feel ostracized and offended by Mother's Day. And the dear lady who invented the thing has repented of it and regretted it ever since because it's it's seen how much it's been commercialized and sometimes hurt people. But nevertheless, we have a lot to celebrate and people to be thankful for and we're glad for the chance to do that. However, an orphan spirit Does that make sense? An orphan spirit, there's sort of a deficit in us that feels that we're missing out on something. It's a pretty common occurrence in most of our lives, isn't it? A gap of affirmation, an absence of someone saying, you're good, I love you. An absence of someone giving us the, the energy, the advocacy to keep going when we're stuck. And it's a year now to the day for many of us since we went into lockdown, if you were shielding. It's a a year today that shielding kicked off and many of us have experienced orphanness or an orphan spirit in a way maybe we'd not done before. So as we look in at this passage, let's have a a prayer together and let's pray that Jesus' soothing and kind and comforting and advocacy words might minister to us where we need him to today. Dear Father in heaven, we need you. We need you so much. We have very little understanding of how much we can have from you. Of all that you can do in us and through us if we surrender to you. We miss out on so many of your gifts. And so often feel like the disciples did as as orphans. Forgetting that we can turn our eyes on you. And today I pray that you give each one of us the grace to look at you. To know ourselves adopted and loved and cared for. And to be transformed by the infilling of the spirit of truth who you promise in this passage. Amen. So first thing to look at is, who is this spirit of truth that Jesus promises? And and what does it mean to us today? To understand that, you just have to go back to uh, the earlier bit of chapter 14, where Jesus says the most extraordinary thing. If you've never heard this before, uh, look at chapter 14, verse 11. 
Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works, which he means the miracles, the healings, the water into wine, the raising Lazarus from the dead. And then he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And uh, they will do even greater things than these. And uh, you think, my goodness me, you just raised Lazarus from the dead. <laughs> uh, whoever believes in me will do even greater things than uh, water into wine, than walking on water, than feeding the 5,000. So these are some of the miracles that we've had. A blind man seeing, all in John's gospel. And then he says the reason why. He says, because I'm going to the Father. You can do these things because I'm going to the Father. And when you get to the Father, he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Father may be glorified. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. And then he goes on to talk about the spirit of truth. He's going to come and help us. And he explains that in a moment. The spirit of truth, the spirit that we call the Holy Spirit, is the way that Jesus performed his amazing acts and miracles while on earth. And he says, you can have the same spirit of truth in you. Amazing, isn't it? It's something called the spirit of resurrection, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same spirit can be in you. Now, I grew up in church. I was uh, taken to church by my parents, and I was well, well aware of the Holy Spirit growing up in my early life. In fact, in my very early life, I was I was uh, looked after for a time by someone who, who prayed over me in the, in the Holy Spirit regularly. It was a very beautiful thing that I found out about later on in my life. And I grew up aware of the Holy Spirit. There were moments where I actually found myself um, singing songs that felt like the Spirit was singing through me in my, in my young infancy. Uh, but didn't just totally just grow through my lifetime. As I went through difficult things in my life and felt more the orphan spirit, when I was maybe bullied at school or when I changed schools and it was difficult, or when I just wanted to do what everyone else was doing, do the world things, that sense of closeness to the Holy Spirit as a continuous thing just sort of evaporated. And I suppose for, for many people, that's sort of true, isn't it? At a very young age, it's simple to, to love Jesus. Someone was telling me this morning about uh, one, of, one of their young children, a, a four-year-old, just going in to mummy with just a sort of sweet innocence. But we, we grow out of that quite quickly, don't we? The sweet innocence. And we grow out of the sweet innocence with God as well. And so we grow out of that ease of relationship with the Holy Spirit that their young children seem to have simply because we start to love the world and we start to disobey. Loving the world, disobeying, they're the two things in this passage that cause us not to have that closeness to the Holy Spirit. And so then I went on a camp when I was about maybe 13, 14, and it was, a, it was one of these houseboats on the Norfolk Broads. And uh, as part of the camp, we did some Bible study and prayer. And there was a very uh, enthusiastic person who looked very old to me. They were probably about 20. Um, and, and they prayed for the Holy Spirit to come uh, while we were on this boat. And I remember sitting there feeling the Holy Spirit tangibly. Uh, it was so exciting. I was so excited. I remember throwing my Bible up in the air uh, outside the boat, very close to the edge of the water. Nearly gave it a dunking like Zoe Phillips in her talk uh, the other week. No way. And then I went back to school. And there was a little Christian union. And I did my best to you know, go along to it. And, uh, 
Uh, but it quickly dissipated away, and I was, I was quite an angry person at that stage. I remember, yeah, I actually remember hitting someone with a hockey stick at one point quite hard. I remember being in detention for a week because I'd given someone a black eye, and he'd given me a black eye. The worst, it was like a Colin Firth-Hugh Grant fight. We were both pretty pathetic, but it was boom, boom, and, uh, and we were both knocked out in the sanatorium. And so the ease of working with the Holy Spirit disappeared, and then I started to love the world more and disobey Jesus more. And that ease of the Spirit then came to this sort of crisis moment where my sense of orphan spirit had raised up higher. And that the orphan spirit for me kicked in because I realized I didn't have all that I could have. Firstly, on a Venture Scout camp where we had gone for basically a drinking weekend as teenagers. And uh, we were, had to go to church as part of the weekend with the, the brownies and the guides and the cubs and the scouts. We all had to troops in, and we did. And it was the first time I'd been in church for a little while. And just before I was about to do my A-levels, and I felt, uh, ooh, a homesickness, an orphanness. And then in the summer, as almost all of you know, I went to Romania, and someone prayed the night before we went. It was a Christian little trip there. And someone prayed, and the way they prayed made me feel like an orphan. I felt homesick because they had such a natural relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I, and I remember them praying for the Holy Spirit. And when I got out to Romania, I won't go into this story, but I prayed for the Holy Spirit to come as well. And it changed my life. I suddenly felt adopted. I wanted to read the scriptures. I wanted to sing the songs I wouldn't sing in church up to that point. I loved it. But loving the world and, uh, and not obeying Jesus' commands, that didn't go away then. And the tussle and the fight continues through to the age of 42. And there are some years since then where that fight's been more filled with the Spirit. And some years where loving the world, I want security, I want money, I want fortune, I want people to speak well of me. Obeying the commands. Did Jesus really say? <laughs> he doesn't really mind. There's grace. And those things sometimes have won. Now Jesus says, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask my Father, and he'll send an advocate to you, the spirit of truth, that the world can't see, the world can't accept, the world can't get him. But if you keep my commands, if you love me, I will send the Father to you. And Jesus says, well, why can't the world get this? Why can't everyone just get this spirit? It's like, well, you, it's neither or. Either you're going for the world, me, 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 I did it my way. Or you're at the point where you go, I am an orphan. I really am homesick for something else. I really do long to be in an eternal family. I long to know my father in heaven. I long to know the spirit like a, a mother hen putting me under her wings. I long for this. I don't have everything. I'm not complete in myself. I have a need. I have a lack. I'm poor in spirit. I want what's right. And when you want what's right, when you're prepared to say, please, whether you're five, six, seven, eight, or 98, the spirit of truth can be sent to you. See, Jesus says, now 
This is all more powerful than if you were walking around with Jesus on earth. Because he's sitting up there with the Father. Jesus there. The Father there. The Spirit of God and Jesus being sent down to us. And because Jesus is with the Father, the Spirit with us can do greater things. What are the greater things? That's worth clarifying. It's not just that more wonderful things can happen because there are more of us than there was of Jesus. There's better words for that in Greek, although that's true. There are millions of us Christians around the world doing wonderful things in the name of Jesus, and that's, that's good. It's not that the quality of our miracles are somehow better than the quality of raising Lazarus from the dead. How can you have a higher quality miracle than walking on water or feeding the 5,000 Lazarus? And more extraordinary things have happened in history, in the Acts of the Apostles. Handkerchiefs were used to heal people and shadows to heal people, but they're not qualitatively different or better. The difference is that Jesus is with the Father. So everything that happens from this time on can point to the ultimate miracle of all, that you don't have to be an orphan anymore. Amen? That you can be adopted. So if we pray for you, for healing here at Christchurch at the healing service at 9.30 and God gives you a wonderful healing it is greater than even Lazarus because you can take that miracle now and go wow the spirit of resurrection touched me and this little healing I've had now is part of that guarantee that I'm going to be resurrected forever that this frail body I'm in now isn't going to be the end of the story it's part of the guarantee that I'm not going to be on my own forever. When I sense the Spirit whispering in my ear, you're adopted, you're loved, you're precious. It's a guarantee you're not isolated. Why? Because Jesus is already there with the Father in heaven and you're going to be raised there as well one day. It's one of the most important things in Scripture. The one who is seated at the right hand of the Father has prepared a place for you there to take you to. That's John uh, chapter 14, the earlier part of the passage, he's going to take you to be with him. You do not have to have an orphan spirit. You can have the spirit of truth. And so just to finish this, I just invite you to do a little self-diagnosis. Much of our culture is about us being okay on our own, isn't it? What do I need to feel all right today? What affirmation do I need to hear to be okay, to tell me I'm a strong person, to tell me I can cope? And there's, there's good things about that. It's good to have a reasonable self-image. There's no prizes for going around feeling miserable about ourselves all the time, is there? But Jesus wants us to locate that in him. And part of the way to do that is to get to the point of going, actually, apart from you, I can do nothing. Chasing after this world, this stuff in this world, the affirmations of this world. And that's left me with an orphan spirit. Not obeying your commands, although it felt like it might be fun. has actually left me with an emptiness inside. Instead of those two things, I'm going to try your thing. Spirit of God, fall on me today. I need you. And you see, the problem is our disobedience or our loving the way we are used to doing it in this world fill up our lives. 
There's not much room for the Spirit to come in. It's no accident that it's often in the moments like I was in Romania, when you're the most broken, the most conscious of your orphan spirit, that the Spirit of truth can come in. And maybe today you are conscious of some of that pain, some of that loss, some of that heartache. Some of that, this world's not really working out for me. I've chased after it and I'm not really getting all I want. Even if to other people it might look like you're fine. I look pretty good, age 17 externally. Internally, I knew I was a mess. You might be there going, sort of a groaning coming through. That feels to me like just the sort of place that God's at his most creative in our lives. When we get to the point where we're like, I just can't do it, God. And we say, please, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. In brokenness, in urgency, in desperation. That's where he fills us. If you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with your whole heart. So I'd just love to invite us, if you're in the room now, just to, to stand where you are. If you're watching at home, you may want to stand or just deliberately still your heart for a moment. Maybe put the phone down or the computer down. Just take a little uh, step back. And this will be the most important thing you do today. In this uh, next few moments in the service now. Might be the most important thing you do in your lifetime. If you've never consciously been filled with the Spirit before. Louis Plow, who died this week, said it, it's not that you have to have a great story of this. You just have to have your own story of this. It doesn't have to be a dramatic story. It just has to be your own story. If you've never consciously received that presence of Jesus in your heart, if you can't tell your own story about this, I'd love to invite you now just to come before God. We've already done that sort of repenting bit where we say sorry for our sins, sorry for being in the world, sorry for disobeying the commands. And now we get this chance to orientate and say, please, Lord, it's only you. It's always only been you. Please come, Spirit of truth, and give me the peace that means my heart doesn't need to be troubled. You might just want to say unto, unto your breath, come Holy Spirit.
Some of you might just be beginning to hear little whispers in your ear of affirmation. Jesus said the Holy Spirit was a counselor, an advocate. He whispers truth on your behalf. Affirming truth, life-giving truth. You have a sense of God trying to tell you that you're loved or worth worth loving or even worth dying for, treasured, then that feels like the sort of thing God's likely to be whispering in people's ears today. Go with that voice. If you want to express any pain to him just in your in your heart now then he is a, a strength giver a comforter might be that things just feel very overwhelming right now just talk to him bring it to him and then just start to tell him some words of of love or gratitude or praise and see what happens in your spirit as you do that God inhabits the presence and praises of his people Lord, we love you. Lord, we worship you. Spirit of God, you're welcome here. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you haven't left us as orphans. Thank you that we are truly and deeply loved. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you that you are gentle and lowly. Thank you that you're here with me now. And just be assured if you can say that Jesus Christ is Lord, you have the Holy Spirit in you. It's a great starting point. You may just want to invite him and say, have more control of my life today, Lord. Thank you that you're in my life. Please have more of me today. Jesus came to baptize us in the spirit. So he wants us to get to that point where we're immersed in the spirit of God, drenched in the spirit of God, not just a little engagement ring on our finger guarantee, but an immersion in his love. If you feel you maybe need to go a little bit further to have that, say more, Lord, please. More of you, Lord Jesus. More of you more of you.
the spirit of Jesus as we continue to worship you in this service and take communion together now. Please would you continue to minister to us today and throughout this week and enable us to be fully baptized in you. I pray there'll be wonderful stories this week of people knowing tangibly that they have been fully baptized in your wonderful life-giving spirit turned away from the world and begun to obey your commands to make space for that to happen. In Jesus' name.